Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. The game day in Boston, the Sabres are there and trying to get their first win in the last five games and get things turned around here before a weekend at home with Marty and Brian. It'll be Howard Simon's maybe final night in the chair tonight <laughs> uh, in the studio as, uh, you know, game night will take you up to puck drop in Boston. But uh, there are a lot of different angles to pursue before then, Marty, as far as, you know, what's happening at the morning skate today? No Rasmus Dahlin. Is Devin Levi going to get the start? Would that be his second start against the Bruins? Uh, the answer to that would be yes, if he gets it. He did not have a good go around against the Bruins uh, just a few weeks ago. And yet there's also a newcomer in the mix in Eric Robinson from Columbus. Where would you like to start? Okay. Um, I, I'm just going to go with Eric Robinson first, right? Because... You know, there was some rumbling around yesterday that maybe Columbus and Buffalo were talking and I, I was looking at the roster. I was like, I don't really see what those pieces could be. And then you get word that Eric Robinson is the, is the guy that's being dealt from Columbus to Buffalo for a conditional seventh round pick. So it's pretty minor when it comes to deals. Um, the Sabres do have, uh, you know, some injury issues up front and then. They talked about their penalty kill missing out a bunch of players. Now, I I get it. I get it, right? Like, yes, most of the guys that are out killed penalties. My view on it, Duffer, as I've been pretty clear about that, is I think anybody can kill penalties. Mm -hmm. It's it's about reading plays, good stick position, good buddy position, willing to block a shot or two. Now, you may not use, you know, your... Your, your top guys as much on the penalty kill because yeah, if they block a shot like Tage Thompson did, you know, uh, not, what was it? Three weeks ago, he missed nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, you could lose, you could lose a big guy by blocking a shot, getting hurt. So maybe you don't want to go that way. But when it comes to system, when it comes to using players, I believe anybody can kill penalties. It's not the same thing on the power play. Power play, you, you obviously want skills. You want right handed, left handed, def- different position be used. But I think on the penalty kill, you can use pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. But Eric Robinson is definitely a penalty killer type player. Mm-hmm. He killed a lot of penalty time in Columbus. That's probably his, uh, his biggest strength that you can bring to the ice to say, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy that gets on the ice when you need to kill a penalty. So why Robinson at this point, though, as opposed to, I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, 
do they need to be more aggressive here, even not knowing for sure um, how quickly others like Tuck Greenway and what have you will come back, but basing it more on the results of the season to date, how do you view that whole balancing act here, which is obviously happening from the general manager's chair, but the fans are constantly trying to <laughs> evaluate and balance, you know, where they should be putting their focus and what they think they would like to see in all of this. I'm sure there's not just the Sabres and Kevin Adams. There's plenty of teams that would like to possibly make a bigger trade, right? I, I still think of the, the Montreal Canadiens hanging around with three goalies and, you know, I'm sure they want to deal one of them. And I'm sure there's teams that are willing to have that conversation. I don't think there's a lot of teams that are willing to make bigger trades at this time of the season. And, and not saying we're not going to see it, but we're going to have Darren Drager later on the show at the bottom of the hour. We can ask him, look, our bigger trades coming. We saw a minor trade with Columbus Buffalo, but not just with the Sabres, our bigger trades come in around the league because there's always and still is names that are in the rumor mill that I'm like, ah, oh, this is a significant trade if it happens. So. I, I, I want to say that the Sabres would like to possibly make that bigger trade, bigger, you know, acquisition if they could. For they, what, in your opinion? For what? Mm -hmm. I would think it's Alpet Ford. I think it's Alpet Ford. I think the biggest thing that's, I don't want to say holding them back, but because of where they, the reality is there's mm. their record right now. The biggest reality that is where their record is for me is a lack of offense. Yes, you missed Tage Thompson for some games. Yes, Tage Thompson had a tough start to the season, then missed some times. Yes, Dylan Cousins is having a, a, a hard time finding the back of the net, but you need to have somebody that's going to help supporting that. And right now, you're not. You're getting Casey Millstead and Skinner going and Paterka going. Great. Benson is doing all he can do. Great. But where's the, the support coming from? And I think that would be for a forward that could come and help. You have a surplus of defensemen. You have eight right now. I'm sure you can maybe find a way to package something, but it's the willingness of teams to make that bigger trade right now that I don't think it's there. So that, that would be where I'm going. Look, Detroit got Pat Patrick Kane. That's not a trade. That was a free agent signing. Buffalo talked to Patrick Kane. They, 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 they kicked tire on it. I don't know if it was just kicking tire of they actually crunch numbers and, and try to make it happen. And if Kane picked Detroit, because I think Kane wanted to go to Detroit. Um, he was excited to go to Detroit. So maybe that's all it came down to. But for me, it looks like Buffalo would be looking to add some offense, not Eric Robinson offense. That's not what it is, but I would think the Sabres would be looking to add offense. Well, Robinson's, uh, a large percentage of Robinson's career offense came at the expense of the Sabres in one game last year. And that was the hat trick game that uh, he had with Columbus when they stole oh, yeah, that's one. Right. Out from underneath the Sabres on an ESPN telecast. So yeah, the, that, um, that is definitely the biggest feather in his offensive map to date. <laughs> um, it's funny though, how you very quickly, um, diagnosed the area most likely for a trade as upfront, because I would be fascinated right now to see how the audience responds to that and whether they would look for help immediately in stabilizing the three pairings which we have talked about a lot and you know how that contrasts in their view to what you just said about upfront. I think the easy uh, answer here is that 
both answers are plausible. Yes. And they do, regardless of whether it's personnel change or not, they have to find some rhythm here in both components of the game. But and they are 25th and goes for and 24th and goes again. So it's not like there's a glaring like one that, oh, we need to address this one more than the other. They're at the same place. Right. And based on style of plays is an oversimplification, but how the games have played out is probably more accurate when we talk about why are they not generating more? Even even last game, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but even last game, I was I, I was I shouldn't be surprised at this point because of how you know it's been uneven for them offensively. But I just felt like there were there were so many offensive zone attacks that resulted in just one shot. Yes. It really is remarkable sometimes to watch the like the drive, the hunger, the creativity that is required, the desire to actually get to the net and make those plays. But then within three, two seconds, it's bounced around off the boards and it's out the other way. And it was just it, it was I don't know why it seemed even more noticeable to me last game. Maybe score effect, right? Like you're recognizing like, holy cow, like they need some zone time here to really like start feeling better about the balance of their lines. But uh, yeah, I think think, it was more noticeable because you were playing Alex Lyon and although he made some good saves early, you're thinking, get to this guy, get to rebounds, get to the front of that. That's the way I felt. I, maybe it's not the way you felt, but that's the way I felt. I I was like, Lyon's a good goalie. And he has the end of last year and start of this year. I, I, I mean, I have him in top 10 category based on the fact that his numbers tell you that. No, yeah, no, the I'm numbers just, tell I'm just, that story, but I'm like, I'm I, I want to see That's them why I put a little to pressure Charlie on Lindgren two years ago because he was coming off of good numbers. Yeah. Like I like numbers when they're good. Yes. Like, yes. Silly. But he also <laughs> numbers can be good one year, bad the others, right? It changes. But I'm thinking this is still a guy you can get to. And, but, you know, he makes one good save and it's like, can you put more pressure on him? Mm-hmm. Like goalies in the NHL, Alex Lyon goalies in the NHL are going to make good saves. What are you going to tell me about Connor Ingram on Monday? Absolutely. He's been, he's he's been, been doing it for a while. People should elevate his status. But Not here's the difference. Just a guy who's bounced around. Here's the difference. The guys that have, have now built a track record, they make the big save and then they make the second and third and fourth big save. And that's why I'm thinking that's, where you could get to Alex Lyon, um, maybe, maybe if you put a little pressure on him. I and mean, they did in the third period and they got to him to a certain extent, right? So that to me was okay. Where is that offense in the first and in, you know, part of the second? It was not consistently there. Right. And that is the 11 letter words that I brought up oh. yesterday consistency. It wasn't there. It's not a thing, Marty. You need to drop that right away because people it's are a, never, on Jeopardy. No. They have it all the time. Eight letter words, eleven letter they words. They have it in Word documents as well, and it's been that way for forty years, but nobody keeps track of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and anyway. the other reason why I say offense would be where I would go, and I get it. And look, we but don't. Is know the offense problem is 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 a significant part of the offensive problem from the defense? These are fair questions to ask, right? They didn't bring in offensive stalwarts to balance the group of six. Let's be honest. Yes, they did not. And I don't think that was the key. And the, the, 
the mindset when you looked at the defense is like Dallin's going to get you some offense. Power is going to get you some offense. You yes. need to solidify the defensive right. play. But what are we funneling towards now? Funneling 10 minutes toward. into the show. What is, what are we, what have we just latched onto here that we're inevitably going to get to? Uh, Your top trades? offensive defenseman. Yes. So if Darlene doesn't play tonight, it's Owen Power. Oh, yeah. Who's been one of the more talked about Sabres recently? Owen Power. Who else? Matthias Samuelson. Not yeah. offensive, but if you're going to play with the top pairs, you're going to have to be more consistent. That's yes. the perception out there. I I want to know what you think, and obviously we always want to know what other people are thinking at Sabres Live. But yesterday during the course of our show, we had a lot of people asking about Owen Power. So yeah. like... We know his age. We know his limited games. We know his future contract, current, but future contract. Um, like what, what are we thinking when we look at these two, especially if Darlene's not playing here? Like you're up against the Boston Bruins. This is an enormous night for power and Samuelson. Is it not? It, it definitely is. And whoever else is in the lineup because you're in Boston and Boston and, uh, Jim Montgomery are going to try to exploit matchup, especially if Darlene's not in the lineup. They're going to say, okay, Power and Samuelson are on the ice. Let's wait. Let's wait. Pasta, stay, stay. Now you're going to go next. And now who's next? Is it Clifton Johnson? Is it Johnson Yoki? Are you like, that's what they're going to exploit. So you're going Don't to you have... think they're just going to roll guys whenever. Do you really think they're going to hold back? I think early in the game, they may... Uh, and that's not a disrespect to Buffalo's defenseman. I'm talking that's about... just Boston. From, this yeah. is Jim Montgomery. This is Boston. We're the best. They believe it. They clearly believe that because that's the aura that they wow. carry. I, 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 there's something to be said to that. I like a team that's in like LA going on the road and saying, we don't, we're not going to worry about the other team's matchup. We're just going to roll our lines. Why? Because we have the, the depth to be able to do it. Boston right. has had that this year in a, like, Surprisingly for me, they've mm -hmm. had that this year without Bergeron and Krejci. So, you know, they've been able to find it. But when, again, maybe a little old school in that way. When I watch great defensemen around the NHL, okay, I go out there and I watch Kel McCarr and I watch Quinn Hughes this year and whatnot. The numbers are awesome. They provide offense. They're awesome. But are you defending? Are you quick on pucks? That to me is still what I look for in a defenseman. The, the, the offensive defensemen, they all play well defensively. They all have tons of puck possession. They all can control the game and they don't give up opportunities a ton, right? That's the big thing. So for me, like, I like that Darlene has had some offense. Great. Good for you. But I still think defense has to worry about protecting their net. The offense has to, the forwards have to worry about creating offensively. So right now, that's why I think it's still more on the forward to create more. But what, it, I mean, if Darlene is not in there, how do you think Power and Samuelson go about their business? Does this in some ways give them more of an avenue to get to where they want to be? Well, what's Matthias Samuelson is not going to be all of a sudden this offensive juggernaut that's going to create no, and no, no, join no, no, the no, rush. You're missing the point. Yeah, I but... want them to find the games that people know that they have. When Darlene is not in the lineup, does that not cause something mentally to say, and subconsciously probably? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've been around this. 
You've seen guys elevate when star players are out of the lineup. Yeah, it's great when it happens, but usually it ha- when when it happens and it it guys elevate, guys guys fill in a spot, right? And I keep using my personal experience, but it would be uh, a Jason Pominville playing top line minutes with Briere and Jochen Hess because JP Dumont is out and he has to fill in that spot and he's producing. It would be a Ryan McDonough playing with a Dan Girardi in New York because Mark Stahl is out. And all of a sudden, Oh, Ryan McDonough, you're doing great. Like, that's awesome. Now we found, you know, found money on the sidewalk. That's great. Yeah. The, the, all of these situations come with positive team success. And when the team is not having success, it's hard to say, eh, Darlene's out. No problem. I'm just going to be really, really dialed into my game. If I'm Matthias Samuelson, I'm going to defend. I'm going to be physical. Penalty kill is going to be my my top thing. Like if the team was on a five-game winning streak, it'd be different, right? If they're on a losing streak, all of a sudden I feel like the pressure gets added. And now you're thinking, I don't want to change my game. I don't want to add too much. I got to really focus at at worrying about my own game first before I can start to take on the rest of the world and the way that uh, injuries are happening. Interesting. I see it completely differently and didn't live in your shoes. So I really think the subconscious kicks in. Um, it has the potential to bring you back to why you're there in the first place. And yeah. with increased opportunity, like fast forward here, uh, nine and a half hours if the sabers win in boston and you and howard are on the post game show tonight you not think you're going to be leading with power or samuelson if they win no that's not the way i think i I would either lead with levi if they win or i would lead with i'm thinking if they win i'd be leading with thompson uh Paterka middle stat like that would be where I would I would definitely um nine and a half hours beforehand think that's where I'd be leading okay FanDuel can we FanDuel this FanDuel this in a three-game parlay <laughs> you need three we you only have impactful. one leg you only have one leg you only have power I got multiple legs going I got <laughs> irons in the in the fire right now based on the last eight days I have no legs to stand on uh <laughs> as far as credibility uh intuition or anything else so anyway um hey I think the reason I'm presenting it that way is if if I was, you know, looking at how do they win a game in Boston, um, yeah. it's going to have to be widespread throughout the lineup. And I think the more than you look at something like that, you're going to go, well, these guys played a ton of minutes and they shut down X, Y, and Z. And this guy was first unit power play because this guy wasn't playing. And, you know, now granted, your instincts are probably more, uh, based on recent history and when you think of the time that they did win in Boston mm-hmm. in recent history it was like Alex Tuck and Dylan Cousins right yeah. like they they were unbelievable and yes. you know they pulled one out of the hat late in regulation to tie it then won it in overtime and 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 that put a bow on 2022 yes in a nice uh, way yeah 2022 yes, as we rolled into the year 2023 yeah. yeah so anyway uh here we are with that we're waiting word from uh Don Granado here on the uh, extent of the the whole lineup tonight, but um, just to put it back on, and, and you did list this particular character as one guy who could emerge as a star player tonight. 
Um, that would be Devin Levi. When you have such a small sample size in your career, and when your most recent memory is not a good one against a team like Boston, um, what do you, you know, and quite frankly, he wasn't supposed to be here tonight. Yep. Lukanen is ill, and that has prompted the recall of Levi, who backed up the other night and is looking like he's going to get the start tonight. Like, what do you think is, uh, what do you think is making up Levi's, uh, approach to this one well i think what he had is a good um release going to rochester playing a couple of games playing well feeling good about where maybe things that he can work on Mm -hmm. and then try to apply this to your game um for me you know i think levi studies himself really thinks about every detail of his game Mm -hmm. and when you're in the nhl and obviously things happen faster and you want to fix things. You want to fix things. You want to fix things. You need a little bit of a break in college. Usually you would get that break. If you played on a Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday, and then you needed a little bit like, Ooh, I need to like really focus on things. Mm-hmm. You had the whole week. And maybe if you didn't get it done that weekend, you had another whole week. So you'd only play like two games in like two week span where you could fix things. Mm-hmm. I think in the NHL, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury to say, I need two weeks to fix things. I'm only going to play one or two games. No, in two weeks, you got six at the minimum, right? So um, you may not play all of them, but having a chance to play a couple of games in Rochester, mm-hmm. then whoop, a little practice time coming back. I was just looking at some of the video from the morning skate and I'm paying attention to his, his goalie warm up at the one end. And, mm-hmm. you know, there seems to be less movement, less scramble. There seems to be more precise, uh, stops and positioning. It's just a warm up drill, but those are the things I'd be paying attention to if I was watching from the stands or if I was, uh, you know, his goalie coach or whatnot, I'd say, Hey, let's limit all the scrambly. Like you'd been chasing it. Uh, but being in Rochester, which it slows down a little bit and having mm-hmm. the practice time, hopefully kind of, you know, kind of gets the, the the kinks out a little bit from where he was uh, when he was here in Buffalo. Does the unexpectedness of this recall change anything? Because like when when you have the talk with the GM and the coach prior to going down to the American Hockey League, yeah. there's a lot on the table and there's a lot that you're then supposed to go and focus on. But then all of a sudden it was like one weekend and boop, you're right back up. Yep. Like what does that do for someone who's very clearly based on how we watch his in-game mannerisms, he's very focused, right? Like I wonder, I wonder how this all jives with being young and trying to be the best you can, no matter what league you're in every night. So if he had gotten called up and played on Tuesday night, I think there would have been an unexpectedness that's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm playing. I don't even have to think about everything. I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, because he got called up and probably knew then, like yesterday even, uh, UPL's not at practice. You know, with Comrie's game on Tuesday night, Levi's probably thinking, well, if UPL's still sick and mm-hmm. I'm with the team Thursday, I may get a chance to get a start in Boston. And this is where I played college. And this is, you know, like... There's there's some excitement. So I think that the um you know that that unexpected call up uh aspect of it may have disappeared a little bit. It's still a bonus. It's still like, hey, 
let's go. But it's it's still like not the same thing. Let's go to, since you said let's go, why don't we go yeah. to Don Granado from the morning skate today? The rest was Dalene wasn't out there. Is he going to be able to play tonight? Yeah, he, he'll be a game time decision as we monitor through the day. I'll talk to the medical team now, but uh, I mentioned yesterday some maintenance and that continues today, so we'll see where he's at uh, game time. Why was Eric Robinson somebody that you guys targeted, and how do you think he can help you? Eric Robinson, obviously, uh, good size, uh, plays a very direct, straight line game. He's a natural competitor. I mean, he's, he's full throttle, compete to battles, to pucks. Uh, the size and strength on a puck are, are key. I, we think that's a, a good addition for those reasons. Uh, and uh, if I haven't mentioned it, he's very consistent in those areas. So uh, he also uh, has a fair amount of experience on penalty kill, uh, which is another plus at this point. Will you use him tonight on the kill, or would you rather get him in practice first with it? He'll go. He'll go tonight. Uh, obviously, I've had time to watch him on film, and uh, there's not a lot we would want him to change within his game. Uh, the, the character attributes I said I just mentioned are are key. They fit in very well with with how we play. Um, and from a system standpoint, very well watching him uh, uh, and, and his reads and things like that. So he'll jump in right away. Uh, and Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Both situations, five on five, is, I think he can hit the ground running and, and penalty kill. After the game on, on Tuesday, Don, you know, Kyle just mentioned, you know, everybody collectively working together to figure this out. Um, just you know, what you've seen practice yesterday, the skate today, I mean, how do you feel like the group's kind of handling it and, and trying to just get past, you know, the last couple of weeks and, and play a consistent game here? Well, you know, we obviously have talks and, and meetings, and I met with uh, Kyle again this morning, and uh, we continue to go over things. The, the short of it is we absolutely need to elevate our compete. We need to uh, look within and from the coaching side, uh, you know, you, you evaluate your, yourself and there is a need now for more demand. And, um, you know, that's how we'll approach tonight. Um, obviously a building, tough, uh, challenging building to play in against a uh, very good hockey team. So you know you have to be ready to play. But for us, um, it is, it's very simple. We have to elevate our battle level and our compete level and do that consistently. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, on my side, I can speak on it later, but uh, there's changes there as well. The, the compete level, is that something that it, has it been there in practices? Like, have you seen the habits remain consistent throughout this, these last few weeks? Here? It can always get better, Lance, and it needs to, period. So it, it needs to get better. How about, uh, I, I was looking that since the middle of November, you're like fourth in the league in power play goals. I'm a little surprised that hasn't translated into wins because usually if your power play is doing that well, don't you usually win some hockey games that way? Nice of you to point out something nice, Paul, but uh, <laughs> not good enough. Um, and, and five on five, uh, just not good enough. We, we, we are not playing the way we need to play consistently. Uh, the pockets are too, too uh, there's too much separation between pockets of good, clearly. And um, I'll stick to the same thing. It's, it's elevating compete, elevating compete within each guy. Um, Lance mentions practice. Everything, everything you do has to be done better and harder and more competitively from this point. So you cannot be satisfied with anything where we're at, uh, even the power play, despite any data you can throw in front of me that says otherwise. Oh, Pham with a lob from the 2023 softball world championships there. <laughs> Holy cow. We get accused of being soft in our line of questioning. <laughs> uh, but I like the answer. By, uh, I know, Don so Grado basically said, thank you for pointing maybe uh, something that you would think is positive, but it's not good enough. Exactly. And that's true. Like, look, yes, right. since the they middle of 50, November. Like 50 minutes out of 60 in a game is typically played at five on five. Like, hey, bully for you. Your power play is better. Okay. It's not going to dominate I, I, the game. I'd much rather score on the power play than being the Pittsburgh Penguins or O for their last 30 some, which is almost a full hockey game on the power play, not scoring a goal. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, uh, it's not good enough, and Don is saying that. So he talked about Eric Robinson in the Sabres yes. debut. This is remarkable and only amusing to the two of us, but Robinson will wear number 50 tonight, and Marty, he'll become the second I know who. all time. Who? Who? Nathan Lewin. I know yeah. you're doing because you've been reminding me the last week, and you. I think you even said it on the, on the podcast uh Monday, or maybe it was off the air. We we did it in a private conversation, but yeah. Yeah, but it was not about Eric Robinson. It was just about the number 50. I know. I I can't get into what it was actually about, but just trust me that Robinson is now the the next number 50 here in Sabres franchise history. Nathan Lewin was the other. Isaac Rosean, Tyson Jones. I remember where we talked about it. You're right. Got to keep that. Victor Olofsson (laughs) as a trio. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that was really good from Don. Glad we were able to bring that to you. Um, Darlene, obviously, a big story there. And he is listed as a game time decision for tonight. We will continue on. I hope that's okay with you. And we'll do so with Darren Dreger, our hockey insider from TSN. But first, a reminder that as we approach the holiday season, I guess we're deep in it, quite frankly. um, Think of those who you want to see Love the game like we do. Get your kids involved. Hockey instruction for kids age four to nine. It's learn to play. And you can receive head-to-toe gear, six weeks of on-ice instruction from certified coaches. And you can join today at sabers.com slash learn to play. Darren Dreger on the other side on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. He's a traveling man. He's from TSN. He's our hockey insider. He's Darren Dreger. If he was in search of sunshine, 
Uh, I'm wondering where or if you've even found it in your recent travels, having been in Seattle and now in Canada's capital of Ottawa. I can confirm there's no sun here. Um, <laughs> it was fine when I arrived last night. It was brisk. It was cool. But woke yeah. up this morning to uh, shocking a snowstorm in Ottawa. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Looking forward to it. Uh, it rained for three straight days in Seattle. And in fact, one, and again, that's not newsworthy. It happens every <laughs> December. But I think it was Monday as I'm walking out to, do, to run and get a coffee. The doorman says... Uh, record-breaking rain today. I'm like, well, how can you tell? All it does is rain. <laughs> they got like two and a half inches of rain <laughs> on Monday. It was extraordinary. So now a good week of travel. I'm looking forward yeah. to tonight's hey, game. Let the rumors rain. Can you bring us any that uh, may have yeah. relevance to uh, uh, the Sabres and yeah. or uh, those closest to them in the Eastern Conference? Oh, you mean other than the Eric Robinson trade? I thought that that would have you all fired up. Well, that took up nice... the first 25 minutes of the show. Okay, Greg. good. So, yeah. yeah, nice. Mostly because forward. he wears number 50, and there's only been one other Sabres player to wear number 50, and that was a goalie, goalie named Nathan Lewin. Yes. So that put that in your uh, questions <laughs> at the bar tonight in Ottawa. <laughs> well, speaking of goalies, I just saw a Bruins tweet. You guys probably saw it as well. Yeah. I've been busy to this point. The Tuka Rask has the gear on, and he's going out for a twirl today. Sabres had Craig Anderson in the gear the other day, too. So. Ah, yeah, yeah, they why did. You? Jeremy why Swayman's you? under the weather, and UPL was under the weather, so I guess I'm like fifth on the list of people to uh, to call yeah. for practice. But we already talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how bad the e-bug look is in the yeah. National Hockey League. Well, that's perfect. You know, you've you've got Tuka Rass hanging around Boston. Why wouldn't he go out there and fill in some time? Um, rumors. Rumors. Uh, mostly on on the defensive line because the Zadorov trade to Vancouver, I don't think that that elevates uh, a sense of urgency in Toronto or with some of the other clubs, but it did kind of tweak the market a little bit, right? So the Vancouver Canucks give up a third and a fifth. Um, the Calgary Flames fan base is going, really? Like based on everything that we you know, we're kind of educated to expect on a Zadora for a TANF trade. That's the best you can get. But in the moment, that was the best that Craig Conroy could get. And the Maple Leafs for sure were, were heavy after Zadorov and they would still like Chris Tanoff. I think the problem though, fellows that Toronto has now is, and I'm not blaming Kyle Dubas, formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He made trades trying to put his team in a better position to contend for a Stanley Cup. But you look at the Maple Leafs, second round draft picks. They draw an audience. They do. First-round picks, obviously. Nobody wants to give up a first-round pick. But if you've got second-round draft picks and you're willing to trade them, that's currency. Toronto doesn't have a second-round draft pick for a while to come because they moved all those. So I think Calgary's taking a different position on Chris Tanoff, and they're going, okay, well, if the market isn't there for at least a second-round pick, then let's just let's keep our powder dry. Let's just relax here. We don't need to move Chris Tanoff anytime soon. So then I shift over to the Philadelphia Flyers, and I had a couple of good chats with Keith Jones, an old buddy of all of ours. Uh, he was at the Board of Governors meetings in Seattle. You know, they're having a better season than they were expecting, but, man, Danny Breer's phone is buzzing. You know, there's there's interest in Sean Walker, as you'd expect there would be. There's there's interest in Nick Sealer, as you'd expect there should be. There's even interest in Risto Linen. And it's mostly, in Risto, there'd be interest because I think Philadelphia is willing to retain some salary with a sweetener applied to it. So there's some defensemen most definitely that are in play and available here. 
What about Tyson Berry? The Nashville Predators were just in town the other day. Yeah. He's at 4.5 million last year of his deal. So it could be pretty manageable for a team to acquire. We, we discussed in the first half hour, yeah. would a need be more on Ford or defense with the Sabres? I said Ford because they just are not creating enough, but yeah. Tyson Berry has some offensive abilities as a defenseman. Would that be somebody that either the Sabres would look at or, or around the league? He, he's got permission to talk to other yeah. teams now to facilitate a trade. What makes it difficult is what you already established, and that's the salary here. And you better know what you're getting in Tyson Berry and be able to live with his defensive deficiencies. And, you know, clearly they're not able to do that in Nashville. They want their players, defensemen, everyone to play a certain way. And that's not in the wheelhouse of Tyson Berry. And now there's some, there's some bad blood there, right? Um, Barry Trotz clearly didn't like Tyson Berry in his camp coming out and making their position public. Uh, because it, it does turn into a bit more of a tire fire when the world is talking about it, as opposed to Barry Trotz being allowed to go about his work privately and confidentially with other general managers. But it broke because teams were made aware that, you know, Tyson Barry is, is now available. I'm with you. If you're okay with how he plays, I still think he has game. He's an, he's a terrific guy. Um, his feelings were bruised in being healthy scratched. And I can appreciate that. I think publicly, maybe it wasn't handled all that well. But if you pair him with somebody who knows that they've got to be a shutdown guy and they've got to cover up uh, from his multiple defensive mistakes and the fact that he goes out there with a the green light always on, then I, I think he can be a contributing player. So it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But that money is a difficult one for a lot of teams to manage. Can we go back to Calgary for a second and uh, what is the latest on Noah Hannafin and his future? Yeah, I swapped text messages with his agent, Pat Brisson, this morning, and the response I got was, it's stone cold quiet. Mm-hmm. And and I I think there's a little sticker shock here, guys, because in, in a perfect world, Hannafin would move once, not twice, right? He'd move from the Calgary Flames to the team he's been traded uh, two and he'd, he'd either have that extension leaving or he'd sign the extension very quickly upon getting there. No different than Pierre Luc Dubois, right? Moving mm-hmm. from Winnipeg to the Los Angeles Kings, same agent in this case. So that's the perfect set of circumstance and it's just not there. Um, and I think what is a challenge again for a lot of clubs is how public the Hannafin contract negotiation suddenly became and the reality that he had a $60 million multi-year contract extension on the table, sitting in front of him, ready to sign. Mm-hmm. And the player pushed away and said, no, 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 you know what? I, I, I just, not that he needed more time. He needed more time to assess where the Calgary flames are as a team, as, mm-hmm. and, and where, what their future looks like. But holy smokes. I mean, when you talk about financial and job security, in a several year, $60 million contract, and you have the confidence to push away from that. I mean, let's hope for his sake, of course, he doesn't get hurt, but I think that spooked a lot of clubs. He's a, hmm. he's an all round really good defenseman. Yes, he is. But I don't think his offensive numbers are what many projected they would, they would be. So I think that that, that has teams a little apprehensive as well. When you say it spooked a lot of clubs, is that the 60 million, uh, long term deal was yeah. too much? Clubs figured that was too, uh, too big of a price to, to pay for a guy like Hannafin? 
Well, I don't know that, Marty, but if, well, you know, let's use Toronto as an example, right? Of course, yeah. Brad Trilliving knows Noah Hannafin better than most, right? Yeah. Um, but how can the Maple Leafs take on a contract like that? You know, so if, if he's not a fit, I, I look at the, maybe I mentioned this last week. I look at the New York Islanders as, as potentially being a player for Noah Hannafin. I know that there's been dialogue between Calgary and the Islanders on Hannafin. I, I, but again, I, I, I reference Pat Brisson in answering the question it's quiet right now that doesn't mean that the interest isn't going to to elevate moving forward and and maybe the islanders would see a long-term fit and they've got the cap flexibility to do that longer term it's just with some of these clubs mostly toronto um they almost have to look at rental players because even though the cap is going up as as again we projected at the the board of governors earlier this week you know, the money that the cap is going up is going into the pockets of William Nylander if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. so they can't take on bigger deals. Let me quiz you both real quick here. Ooh. What do you think would be the appropriate AAV for Noah Hannafin moving forward? Oh, I mean, I got to think about this. I, It's got to be around $7 million, doesn't it? I was thinking 7 might be the top end. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but okay. I, I was I was thinking if you can get him in the six six oh. and a half range, that yeah. that would feel an awful lot better. Yeah. But I do respect his game, and I I just think he's going to continue to be because he has been. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Since the basically the offseason and and through yeah. now, he's he's yeah. been a real talking point. And I think he'll be over seven. I think it'll be really? just a little wow. over seven million. And, and again, for a defenseman I, who doesn't get forty always, that's boy, yeah. That's but I, I, the cap's going up, right? That's yeah, something no, to discuss at the board of governor meeting, and and maybe a next. What Jeff in the control room? You're going to laugh. What's the next or half a million dollar? What's yeah. the next or two hundred thousand dollar? Get him to seven point one, seven point two. That's what I'm saying. But well, the but philosophy that's... is going to be okay. The cap's yeah. going up. Where do we allocate the money? High scorer, marquee yeah. guy. Yeah. stabilization back end, you know, and that's the ongoing debate, obviously. And, and, and look again, like, you know, repeating ourselves here, he pushed away from seven and a half million, right? Yeah. It was an eight year <laughs> extension. So he's not getting that unless, you know, it's a sign and trade, right? Yeah. Like it's, he, yeah. you know, or he gets traded and, you know, then he extends after the trade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's in that, he's in that valuation. He has to be seven or or just north, somewhere between seven and seven and a half, I think would be fair. Okay, this team only has one player on their roster making over $7 million. They do have two making over seven on the injured reserve that are never going to play again in Shea Weber and Jacob Verchek. But the Arizona Coyotes yeah. have uh, have been pretty good this year. Oh, Andre Turingi's got his team going. There's some great stories there. Um, they also... Yeah, uh, apparently are going to purchase land to build a rink. <laughs> are, are, are the Coyotes going to be good in Arizona or are they going to be good somewhere yeah. else? Like, that's uh, the question. Well, look, I, it's refreshing to be able to talk about the Arizona Coyotes from a hockey perspective with some positivity, isn't it? You know, yes. I mean, they're 
there are a number of good stories there. The goaltending has been really, really good. Clayton Keller, for those who don't watch, I mean, this this guy's a star in the National Hockey League. The Bear, Andre Turinay, is a terrific coach. On and on we could go about the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, where it gets eye-glazing, though, is when you talk about the, <laughs> the off-ice nonsense that has plagued this team for basically since they broke away and came in, Winnipeg turned to the Phoenix Coyotes, and it's just been one story after another. Uh-huh. So the takeaway from Seattle um, is that the ownership group is trying to buy a parcel of land in Phoenix. Um, they believe that they're going to have success in that. The land doesn't need to be remediated. So a building of a new facility can actually be expedited. You know, you're not going to do it in two years. It's still probably going to be at least a three-year project. But first, mm-hmm. they've got to get the land purchased and get all of that figured out. Um, and then come to terms with who's paying for the building of the new facility. Yeah. You know, It doesn't feel like that ownership is going to want to take all of that on. Um, but one thing I can tell you, whether it's true or not, it's a feel. And I get that from the commissioner's office all the way through ownership and the governors attending those meetings in Seattle. They've had enough. They've had enough. Like, yeah. it's time to move on. So if if this attempt is is a failure, then I think we could absolutely be talking about quick relocation specific to Arizona. Move on. We must, sadly. Till next week, Dregs. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Get some sunshine. We're back after this on Sabres Live. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. For good reason. It's been a while since I said this, but this show needs to be longer some days. Uh, On this date (laughs) in history, Tage Thompson became only the second Sabre to score five goals in a game. That was last year, but 59 years ago, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer premiered on NBC. Now, what do you think got more traction? Uh, Rudolph, 100%. Okay. Although for most of us here uh, in the Western New York region, we did not get to see a bunch of Tate Thompson's goals at the start of that TNT game because it was the uh, infamous Johnny Goodrow Tate Thompson freeze frame that uh, was locked onto our screen. So yeah, that was uh, that's what we saw. The tail of the tape was uh, front <laughs> and tough, center. A year later, it's been a tough year for both Tage and Johnny. <laughs> yes. Less so on the production standpoint for Tage, is more injury related. Let's continue this or that. Eric Robinson makes his Sabres debut tonight over or under 45 games played for the Sabres. Well, I no disrespect to Eric Robinson, but I would want that number to be under. And the reason is would be Tuck, Greenway, Quinn would all come back. That's three more forwards. Everybody would stay healthy. And then there wouldn't be that much room for a Eric Robinson to be able to play 45 or more games. There's 56 uh, left, right? So... Yeah. Um, this, that, or the other, as far as birthdays, Larry Bird, Terrell Owens, Pete Alonzo, who would you prefer to talk about? Well, I mean, we've been laughing off air during the commercial about Pete Alonzo and the story about how he, uh, he mistimed this coffee. Listen, as a baseball player, it's a lot easier to run to the bathroom during uh, innings or whatever. As a goalie, you didn't want to mistime your coffee and then have the stomach gurgling and having to run to the bathroom, Roberto Luongo style, let me tell you. True, but it might be more noticeable to the fans if you're a baseball player as opposed to an NHL goalie. Oh, I think if you uh, have 17 cameras looking at you, it's noticeable for everybody. Things we don't want to think about moving forward. 
Make sure you join Howard and Marty for game night tonight, Sabres and Bruins. We'll see you soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.